Welcome to episode 31, part B, featuring Kyle Bishop from the band Numbers. This is the second part of a two-part episode. This episode, we are going to talk about more about their influences, but we're also going to talk about their label dealings and the whole Sumerian Records ordeal. But before we get to the interview, before we get to the episode, I want to let you guys know that today's episode of the Kill Rock Podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. AudibleTrial.com slash Kill Rock. Get your free 30-day trial, free audiobook download today. AudibleTrial.com slash Kill Rock.
That was recreated by numbers off their album three. Welcome back to the Kill Rock Podcast. This is episode 31. B. We had to make a two-part episode for numbers. Crazy, right? The episode with the interview just went so long that we had to cut it into two episodes. So this is 31B. We released 31A on Monday, January 12th, and today is January 14th. Uh, this episode might not be as long because uh, the rest of the interview, it's, eh, I guess it's short under a half hour, but, you know, I don't want to have like a two hour uh, episode, you know, out there. Uh, it's just too much for everyone to listen to uh, in one try. So I thought it would be a better idea to be able to split them in two and, you know, to kind of give you a day to listen to 31A and for you to listen to 31B with Kyle Bishop from the band numbers. Now I'm going to uh, cut this part short, the little monologue short uh, this episode so we can go straight into the interview uh, and I'm going to talk about the whole situation with Samarian, at least my viewpoints. I'm going to save that for the end because honestly, it might not even matter to most of you. So I'm going to keep it to the end. I just want you guys to get uh, as much uh, numbers and I want you guys to kind of see what they had to go through uh, over a year ago when they did the Road to the Sphinx Battle of the Bands. So... Before we get to another jam by the band numbers, I got to let you guys know uh, the best way for you guys to help support the Kill Rock podcast without spending a cent besides audibletrial.com slash killrock. All you have to do is share the Kill Rock podcast and rate and review. Rate and review on iTunes, on Stitcher. You could also rate and review on Podomatic. And if you don't want to review us publicly, but you want us to know how we're doing, whether it's good or bad, you could email us at all times at kill.rock.podcast at gmail.com. So email at us at kill.rock.podcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're an independent band and you want your music played on the air, or you might even want to set up an interview, kill.rock.podcast at gmail.com. It's the best way for you to get on the show. So without further ado, here is another song off Numbers Album 3. This is Sicken here on the Kill Rock Podcast.
what when you when you're talking with fans when you're talking just to regular people what are what are the other what are a fan's perspective as to who your influences are and or who do they say like oh you sound like so and so we get periphery a lot really we get okay yeah we get periphery a lot we get protest the hero a lot okay. um we get let's see do you get the older generation comparing you to classic rock bands like on occasion, yeah. uh, like like you said, Rush. Um, and I hear a little Pink Floyd too at certain areas. Yeah, yeah. Pink Floyd for sure. Uh, Animals as leaders on occasion. Um, yeah, I I could agree with that one. The, August yeah. August Burns Red a little bit. Um, but I think I think the fact that I'm I'm more about riffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the fact that I like riffs more than I like breakdowns. Like I'll, I'll still do breakdowns, but I still just love me some riffs. Right. I think because of that, we get more suggestions that we sound like Protest the Hero. Mm-hmm. Oh, between the buried and me. But the thing is, I don't think we're similar to them in sound. I think we're just similar to them in style. Right. If that if I that agree. makes sense. I agree. You know, because. We don't sound like them, but we have their style, which is like that creative anything goes style, you know? <laughs> yeah, and though you have yeah, so. and though you have one song that's eleven minutes long, basically every song is, you know, within reason, like time wise. Yeah. Short. Yeah. Shortish. Yeah. And and that's the other thing is I got I with Undertow, um, people are like, Oh, this is very BT Bam or uh oh, sorry, <laughs> dude, Dream Theater. Uh, We get a lot. We get people saying that we that was very dream theater of you guys, you know, because of the because of the keyboard work, the keyboard solos, as well as the length of the songs and the progression of things. Um, Some people suggested that we sounded like like musical theater, which I have to admit is an influence of mine. I can Um, can see that. Yeah, I actually in in high school I did musical theater. Oh, did you really? uh, Yeah, I I, I played the mean father in Footloose. <laughs> yeah, it, I have quite the background with uh, musical diversity. So, um, because of that, all of these things influence us, and yet we are still considered, at the end of the day, a metalcore band. And so, I guess with all intents and purposes, there's so many subgenres out there nowadays. You might yeah. as well call it what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> any any labels you're you're being confidential about your new member which i wholeheartedly dislike however <laughs> are you talking to any labels right now that could be confidential because that's borderline that's legal that's actually not confidential we've we've talked to a couple labels um we've talked to like two really small scale labels uh-huh. that had you know uh, a couple local acts that we weren't interested in two majors um well two majors really well, two majors meaning major independent. Oh, okay, um, okay. <laughs> so I was not, like, wow. Not like Universal or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah, we got a oh, call from Warner Brothers. Oh, and <laughs> Although, you, I mean, with your guys' sound, you guys could totally be like a, the kings of the independent re- world, but you could also be synced and you could also be licensed in different areas. I mean, there's a, the sky's the limit for numbers. Well, I hope so. I mean, that would be really cool yeah. uh, if something could work out. We have... Here's the thing. We we have a thing about labels, or at least specifically I do. But so does so does Victor, so does Mike, um, so does our other member, and and we're all just kind of we're all kind of on the same page where we're like, you know what? I'm able to create music videos. I'm I'm able to create um, uh, as much promotional material as possible. You know, including lyric videos, music videos, things like that. And I can do it all for free by myself. Right. And um, if we want to release something, we can just release a music video and hype it all up and 
and at zero cost to us right. besides my time. And we have, you know, our producer is awesome and we can go to him for our records and he's going to make our records sound beautiful. And um, at this point, we're just like, we're not really seeing a huge need for a label unless we were like, you know, uh, 18 and living at our parents. And, yeah. uh, you know, if we had no girlfriends or wives uh, or anything like that, like a label would definitely be appealing to us because a label can just get you on the road and you're good, you know, you're good to go. And you just kind of make a name for yourself in that route. But with numbers, I was married before numbers even existed. And now I have a kid and I have a family life and Victor is getting married. And, um, our other member is already married and we have jobs and we have bills and we have things that we have to do. (laughs) You know, I just got that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there's just, there's so many things that we have to take care of. Um, that we can't just like drop what we're doing and go on tour. And exactly. because of that, because of that, it's been a huge problem for the uh, labels that we talk to. Because um, they want you to tour at least 300 something days a year, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, I had a conversation with uh, an A&R rep from Solid State. And okay. um, I was stoked because I was like, I love Solid State. And I actually have friends that are in uh, the ongoing concept. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. They, they, I love those. We actually yes. played a show together, and that's how I met those guys. We played a show up in front of like five people at this <laughs> old church in Anacortes, which is like nowhere town up here in Washington. Right. And they were on this uh, do-it-yourself tour, and they had gone. They were coming through the area, and I had no idea who these dudes were, and they had their own recorded material. Um, and their live performance blew me away. And it was so funny because they just – they went absolutely insane um, in front of five people. They didn't care. You know, they just – they did their performance the way that they did it. And I was blown away by those guys. And it was like six months later that they announced they were signed to Solid State. And then like a month after that, they dropped their album. Right. And those those guys are nuts. And I kept on – I kept in communication with Dawson. The uh, He's the main songwriter and guitarist. Right. And he actually does all of their music videos as well. And so he and I connected on that level and we're like, oh, cool. We do, we both do music videos for our own band and stuff. And when I saw that, like, and he told me that Solid State was letting him do their music videos and stuff like that. I was like, man, if Solid State is willing to work with them on that, you know, I'm wondering if they'd be willing to work with us. And so, um, but when, when I told, because I, I had to be honest with the A&R rep, when I told him that, you know, I had a kid on the way at the time. Uh, you know, my wife was pregnant and that our drummer plans on getting married. And uh, he was like, wow, well, you know, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if this is something that we can pursue quite right. yet. You know, um, he's like, I'm not sure if that basically he was like, we have to we have to see what numbers can do in the next couple months and that was months ago you know and then of course our basis quit after that and so things really slowed down and i had my baby and well from what it looks like it looks like the band basically is done you know like that's what it looks like but it absolutely isn't you know um we're still moving forward but we're moving forward in the most practical way that we can and so um but yeah that was like that was it was a very good conversation I had with Solid State, but I uh, completely understood that like they would lose interest once they realized that okay, we can't even get this band on the road right. uh, very much out of the year, so we can't make much off of their merch, you know. Um, so again, that was kind of uh, another reason we were like, 
maybe we should just be independent for now. You know, and maybe that's that's our course for the time being. We did talk to Sumerian Records, but that is a whole debacle I could get into. Um, <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it, I mean, dude, it was just like this Battle of the Bands thing that yeah. we did. Oh, it was. My, yeah, I had uh, friends of mine. They did that same battle, wasn't it? Uh, you got like some sort of not a record deal, but you got like a promotional deal or something like that. They called it a developmental contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My but um, my, my buddies out here, uh, I have Felix. They actually won that. At least, I don't know if it was they did it in different areas, but. It was the same competition. We also won. Oh. Yeah, I of Helix was one of the winners. Okay, um, so it wasn't just one winner. No. Uh, Ash chose five bands that he wanted okay. to sign. And the thing is, though, dude, is that it's it's just a like it's a scheme to me mm-hmm. for Sumerian to just um, get very devoted and driven local bands. And they can see like the best of the best, and then they fish for whoever's willing to sign their deal. Yeah. Uh, the deal that they offered us, I mean, I'm assuming it's the same deal they offered all the other bands, but it I could be wrong. I, I don't know. But um, as far as the deal itself, it was not ideal for right. us at all. It's not what we wanted. It's not even close to what we wanted. And we understand that most bands don't get much, you know, and that it wasn't really about the money. It was more about like the zero creative control that we, and we wanted to at least negotiate. We wanted at least a conversation and they wouldn't even give us a conversation. And it was very frustrating because that whole process was, was like confusing because we won, but they wouldn't let us announce that we won because they're like, well, we, if you announce that you won, then People might get confused and think that you're signing with us, right. and we don't want to. We don't want to give the wrong impression. So don't say anything. Right. And so people were like, people were hitting us up, and they're like, "Did you win? What happened?" And we're <laughs> like, "We can't. We couldn't say anything." And of course, my personal friends, you know, they're like, "Oh, cool, you won. What's going to happen?" And I was like, "I don't know." Uh, and then two weeks later, we get an email with a contract saying, "Please return signed." And we hired a lawyer to look at it, and he was like, "Yeah, this is a." This is an album contract, but you guys definitely don't want this deal. You want to at least negotiate it. And so we had him ne- like attempt to negotiate, and they said, no, there's no negotiations. Um, you can either sign it or walk. And after that, I was like, okay, well, I really don't want to sign to a label that that doesn't even care, you know, yeah. that won't even give us the time of day, especially after pulling us through, you know, the fact that we had to pay to drive all the way down to Hollywood Mm -hmm. to play that show. And then we got all hyped up because we won. We were one of the winners and we couldn't even share that. You know, Um, it was just a big bummer, you know, (laughs) it was a really, really big bummer. But again, you know, I'm sure that there was a band or two that may have signed that deal and they're on their road and that's the road for them. But it definitely was not, the course of action for us. I can't see anybody really wanting to sign that because it's not an actual record deal. Like it's not, you're not, yeah. you're not even necessarily, you're a part of the label, but at the same time, you're not a part of the label. Um, you're, you're a part of the label when they decide you're a part. Yeah, of it, exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know with you, with a band like you guys, I'm not going to say anything about, um, I have Helix because they're creative in their own right, but you guys, it seems like that's something that you really need is that creative, opportunity to be able to do what you need to do to do what you want to do and i don't see how a label can say hey you know because you guys are capable i don't see how a label could could take that away from you especially when you're capable of doing what you guys are doing 
Right. And that's the thing is that like I can't uh, – maybe one A&R rep can like look at us and kind of look at us closer with a magnifying glass and right. realize that like, holy crap, this band's like doing everything themselves. You know, right. they're, they, they down to their music videos, down to their lyric videos, and down you, to their artwork, down um, to their everything, you unless, know. Unless you're, unless you're likers on Facebook or bot, you guys have almost 100,000 likers on Facebook. I mean uh, – I haven't it's even baffling. checked our. I well, haven't even checked our Facebook likes lately. I don't even know. Is I, it just? Is it just ridiculous? I have a story to tell you about that too. It's very silly. Then you guys bought them all. You have eighty five. Um, you have eighty five two eight three. Oh uh, yeah, that's absurd. Um, yeah. Okay, so here, here's the thing about that. Most of them are fake, and it's not our fault. Um, okay. But, and here, here's what happened. So, long story short, like last n- year. Uh, 2013 November, we went on tour. We went on a small West Coast tour, and our likes were legitimately at around, I think, like 4,800 or so. And then that first week at, on during our tour, they jumped to like 16,000, and we're like, "There's no way that you know 8,000 people or 8,000 plus people saw us." Um in the past few days because each show only had like, you know, 20 or 30 people or less. And we're like, what is the deal? Why is it spiking? And it keeps spiking. It kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it, it eventually after like the end of the month, we were already at like 60,000. Oh my God. And we weren't the only ones either. There was actually Red Seas Fire. Um, Their Facebook account was spiking as well in about the same amount of likes. They were like, we were at, you know, 21,000. Now we're at like hundred and 30,000 or something and we don't know what's going on and there was just a couple other bands that were experiencing the same thing we found out that it was someone I guess it was someone paying a bot service to like their own Facebook page but in order for those likes like for those bots to not be detected as fake they have to like other bands that are similar to that sound in oh order to appear in in order to appear legitimate. And so what's funny is that while one band is paying for these fake likes, they kind of have to pay for all these other bands to get fake likes as well. It just really sucked though, and it makes me I mean, I can't the fact that I can't do anything about it. Right. Um I, like I can't go in and delete, you know, 80,000 likes. Um, I can't do it. And the other thing is that Facebook won't do anything about it. We contacted Facebook several times and their only response was, you know, uh, we are very uh, diligent about removing fake accounts, you know, and, and we promise that when you pay for your uh, your things to be promoted or if someone pays to get their things promoted, uh, that promotion will only drive real likes. And And it's like, well, too bad that these are fake. And even though that you can give me lip service, it doesn't change the fact that I can't do anything about this. Right. And so um, I've stopped posting on Facebook that much because we don't get – it's diluted because yeah. Facebook Facebook makes your page only uh, – only, your posts are only seen by a certain percentage right. of your fans unless you pay. And on top of that, these now that we are diluted from all these fake likes, those fake bot accounts are still signed in. And so when we post something – We'll get, you know, like 500 views on that that post. It says, you know, 4,042 4, people reached and only 10 people liked it. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's stupid. And it's because all those bots saw the post. But, of course, they're not going to like it because they're robots. 
And so it just – we're at the point where Facebook is just – it feels stupid. You know, we feel really dumb and we're, we're just not very motivated to be like – to play the Facebook game, you know. <laughs> and th- did, that, did that hurt so. you when it came to talking to labels? You know, did they see that and be like, hey, we could tell this is, you know – I well, I guess in your case it wasn't bought, but in a sense it was bought. Um, right. Did that hurt you guys when you're talking to these labels? No, it usually didn't really come up in the conversation. Okay. They were more impressed with the fact that, you know, we had music videos, we had music on that high quality music, um, that we had been playing a lot of shows, we're getting a lot of attention in the Northwest. They hear us they they hear other bands talking about us, things like that. Um I think the Facebook likes definitely helped. I guess. Okay. Uh, I mean, it probably helped make us look or at least appear more legitimate than we were. But, um, gosh, as far as like, you know, them saying something about it, they usually didn't say anything. Okay. I, I think that it's more impressive, to, in my personal opinion, I think it's more impressive that we even have a website, you know? Yeah. Um, um, that's right. You guys actually do have a website. Not too many bands, most bands are going on their Facebooks and their Twitters. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think we are going to try and hop over to Twitter or something. I don't even know, man. I hate this social media game. <laughs> it's just so I just I just want people to listen to our music and I think we're going to really just stick with YouTube. At least with YouTube, mm-hmm. there's no corruption there. Um at least in my experience, those views are legitimate. Our commenters are all legitimate. We don't get any bots or anything like that. When we post content, our subscribers see it and they don't miss it. And so like I'm I'm thinking YouTube is going to be the main path where we share most of our material, um, and we're not going to. I mean, we'll we'll share things on Facebook just because it exists, but I'm not going to count on Facebook being the uh, the main place that we broadcast our information. You know, right? So and YouTube's great too. Yeah, especially when you're capable of making those videos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kyle. Any things yeah. you want to say to your fans, to the listeners of the Kill Rock podcast? Uh, we talked about the social media. Where can we find you on YouTube? Uh, you can just find our channel. It's it's just called Numbers Official, which is okay. all one word. Um, but, I mean, if you search up numbers, legally speaking, or numbers, shortly broken, or empty eyes, or any of our songs, I'm sure you'll find it in the results. Um, it's pretty easy to find, but yeah, it, the actual specific URL is youtube.com slash numbers official, all one word, all exactly how it's spelled. Um, and yeah, you subscribe there. That is where you should check out our videos. And we have like, we always post updates and stuff, uh, when we're in the studio and they're all funny and ridiculous and kind of get to know us a little bit. And I just started a, uh, a series that I'm still working on, but I'm going to be doing like lyrical synopsis and things like that on the channel. And we're doing more music videos and we're just going to, we're working on new content, you know, um, and it's all going to be there. So is, is that something that you're going to be doing by yourself? Or are you going to have some guests? Because I know somebody, well, you can't see cause we're not doing video anymore, but I'm pointing at myself. I <laughs> would love to join you. Uh, sure. Well, what do you mean? Like, if you just a guess, like, hey, like we'll do video, we'll do uh, a little uh, hangout or something like that, and just and then broadcast it. That'd yeah. be kind of cool. Yeah, I've never thought of that. I never really thought about that being a possibility, with, but that could totally work with the Kill Rock podcast. That's something that uh, I mean, it's small right now, but that's how that's eventually. I want to get to that point where we're able to do. Uh, little hangouts and 
main and stream it to YouTube and you know, right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I am. I would definitely want to pursue that. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Kyle, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Everybody, go check out three. It is on their Bandcamp. Uh, is it's is it Numbers Official dot Bandcamp? Uh, no, that's actually numbersmusic.bandcamp. Numbersmusic.bandcamp. You can check it out on iTunes. They're on Google Play as well as Amazon MP3. Go iTunes, check, yeah, iTunes. all that stuff. Go check these guys out. It, it's definitely worth your time. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, thanks, Keith. Totally thank appreciate you. the last hour. This is, this is probably one of the more fun episodes, uh, awesome. interviews that I've done so far. So thank you so much. Awesome. I'm so glad, Keith. Thank you for talking to me. Yeah, we'll we'll keep in touch. And uh, I guess the only other thing I'll say to listeners is um, please check out our YouTube channel and subscribe and um, just bump our music. Talk about show us to your friends. You know, uh, I'm all about grassroots uh, promotion, which is just showing your friends our music because I think that's going to be. Uh, where our success lies, you know, is it lies in the fans actually talking about us and, and listening to us and um, enjoying our music. So, yeah. All Thanks. Right. There it goes. Bye, right, man. And we want to thank Kyle for coming on the Kill Rock podcast. Uh, like I said in episode 31A, uh, this interview was recorded prior to Christmas. And I'm sure you could tell because I, I believe he said in the beginning of the whole interview that him and his family were getting ready for Christmas. So you have to kind of, uh, you know, think back. Uh, I didn't record this interview before, or at least after uh, Kyle went out and, and talked about the Sumerian records thing. He, in fact, he talked about the Sumerian records thing here prior to even Christmas. So you, you know, I know a lot of people are probably going to listen to this and they're probably going to badger him again saying, hey, there's now new audio talking about you and Sumerian Records. Well, I have to let you guys know that as a kind of disclaimer, this was previously recorded. We didn't record this last week or anything um, concerning this whole whole ordeal. Um, Kyle didn't really talk. He talked in certain details, but he didn't talk in as much details uh, on this show, which it's fine. I I think it's better that he didn't talk in that much detail at all. I think what he did on this episode um, was perfect because he went out. He he talked about how there was, uh, or at least how his band was misled by a label, which happens all of the time. It's not a new story. It's really not. And I think the people that complain on Kyle or, you know, bitch at Kyle or whatever are the ones that, you know, they love the record label, Sumerian Records. Um, I know a few people in the business, uh, at least a few people that have been connected to record labels that have said what he did was awful and it hurts the credibility of the band. And I've heard from other people that are, that work at labels that own labels that, that keep up with the whole record label scene. Don't really see what he did as that big of a deal. Um, it doesn't make numbers unsignable. Uh, that's, you know, there's two different, you know, 
perspectives. There's one side that says, hey, they'll never be signed because of this because they're showing their immaturity. There's another side that's saying, hey, you know what? They can be signed because what they did was stick up for their band. That's all Kyle did. He stuck up for his band. He said, hey, you know, we don't want Samarian to take away our creativity rights. You know, there are other labels that uh, I can't speak for Kyle or the band numbers, but at least for myself, if I were in a band, there are a few labels that I might trust to say, hey, yeah, you could take some creative because I know that their input is uh, the best for the band. They're not going to make the band do stupid stuff. You know, they're, they want to make the band, you know, sound as artistic as the band already is. Um, now, I don't think there's that many labels out there that do that because all in all, music business, it's a money thing. You know, you got to sell your songs. For me personally, the only thing I saw wrong with what Kyle did um, on the other podcast, not this one. On the other podcast, uh, he did talk about the creativity on this one, but he didn't talk about the deal points. He talked about the deal points on the other one. That's one thing where I'm like, you know, you didn't really have to do that. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, you didn't have to do that. But for the, you know, for the most part, you were doing what you thought was best for your band. And you know what? After this whole situation, everyone's talking about numbers now. Lambgoat has... Uh, you know, not not Lambgoat, but Metal Sucks, and I think Lambgoat does too. Uh, they have the reputation of crapping on bands, you know, that do stuff like this. Uh, other than Shrapnel, I, I've seen a lot of benefits from coverage for Metal Sucks and Lambgoat. Numbers has had people, you know, jump on their bandwagon, talking about their band, listening to their music. It's amazing. You know, they they do say not, you know, bad press is good press. I don't really know how much I want to believe that. I think press is press, yes. I think bad press can potentially hurt your band, hurt your, you know, reputation or whatever. Uh, in this case, I don't really think it's going to hurt that much. I think it will hurt. But all in all, I think time heals all. And uh, this is also a learning experience for the band. So, with that said, Kyle Bishop, thank you so much for coming on the Kill Rock Podcast. We appreciate you so much for coming on the show, being so transparent, and also introducing us to your baby boy. Uh, <laughs> I love, I love uh, the 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 outside noises it makes this episode this podcast seem more authentic not just a radio show where uh everything has to be perfect i love the fact that not everything has to be perfect with this show other than the recording quality and thank you guys so much for uh for checking out 31a uh i know that the monologue the the quality isn't as great because i was sitting in the car in the parking lot <laughs> In the in the actually the parking structure on Highland in Hollywood, Hollywood and Highland, whatever you want to say it. Uh but I appreciate you guys downloading and I appreciate you guys uh sticking with the Kill Rock podcast. The next two weeks are gonna be so great. We have entrepreneurs, we don't have bands on the show the next two weeks. Next week we have Andrew Andrade, he is the owner of Rise or Die Records, uh, or Rise or Die Promotions, however you want to say it. Uh, if you're out in the Boston area and 
I think he's done it in other places besides Boston. But uh, you see a guy hanging out, sometimes wearing a Boston Bruins jersey or a super sick Colorado Avalanche jersey. Oh, my gosh. He wore it when we did the interview. And I want to post pictures. I'll probably post pictures of it. It's so sweet. Uh, Anyway, uh, he's out there in the cold handing out compilation albums. 20 unsigned independent bands uh, on these compilation albums. And their bands are stuck. The bands on these compilations are within the same genre or at least the same realm of genre as uh, the tour that Andrew is going out and handing him out. Like, as an example, uh, August Burns Red is going on tour with uh, Miss May I and Fit for a King, uh, the Frozen Flame tour. And you could actually check out the news post because we did uh, mention Fit for a King, former guest of the Kill Rock podcast uh, on the killrockpodcast.com. But he's out there. He's handing out compilations. I actually got an email today saying that it is on Bandcamp. But if you're at the show, go meet this man. Pick up one of those CDs. They're free. There's 1,500 CDs he's handing out. So go hang out with Andrew Andrade at the Frozen Flame Tour, wherever it's at on the East Coast, uh, and uh, pick up those comps. Also, we have Brent Lakes from Broken Circles Records. We're going to talk to him about his newest signing, at least one of his latest signings, Bandit. We had Dan Bishop on the show a couple months ago, and uh, Of Life, their debut album on Broken Circles Records, will be released on January 20th. We are talking with Brent Lakes uh, in a couple weeks about Of Life, also the other bands on his label, and uh, other intricacies within the record label realm so stay tuned for the next couple weeks here at the kill rock podcast i'm your host keith settles we are gonna play a jam this guy has a new album coming out on january 26th you could get it at come and live but i already have it dave swanson the frozen ocean dave swanson he was a former guest here at the kill rock podcast i am working on getting him back on the show we're gonna play a jam off his new album skeleton key it pays to be a kickstarter contributor i will tell you that dave i am waiting for my t-shirt this song is a self-titled actually not the self-titled track but the title track off the skeleton key by dave swanson the frozen ocean here on the kill rock podcast thank you guys so much for joining us next week we have andrew andrade from riser die records this is the skeleton key here on the kill rock podcast podcast have a great week and we'll see you next monday
young girl, we don't know better, but I think 